I am Igum and Michelle, and this is a podcast, a safe space where I get to talk about God and share my experiences of walking with Him, as well as dissect what it really means to follow Him. We are currently on a Bible in a Year challenge where we read and reflect on daily chapters of the Bible for 365 days, and I am super glad that you decided to join us today. So, today is day 53 of Revival in Your Challenge. Like I said yesterday, we are on our fourth timeline of this journey, which is the Desert Wanderings, and we'll be continuing on that today, taking readings from the books of Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Psalms. So, pretty much I gave a disclaimer yesterday as well about what Numbers and Deuteronomy are going to be talking about. And today we still get to see that we are still in that concept. So numbers pretty much today um talks about the organization of the tribes and how they were to camp at each location because they were pretty much wandering in the desert. So they'll be moving from place to place um on their journey to the promised land. And so today Numbers talks about how they arrange themselves, how they camp by tribes. And I think that's very important because first of all they get to know and understand their new identity and second of all they get to be organized. So let me just give like a quick background. I mean, we've already passed um that part of the journey where the Israelites were like slaves in Egypt for 300 400 years that is like generations upon generations upon generations of slaves and so they were pretty much used to this mindset they probably didn't have a strong idea of who they were except slaves except they they knew that they were different from the Egyptians of course because they were maltreated as such and segregated they lived on the other side of separate from the Egyptians and they were treated pretty much differently but that was about it that was about that was pretty much all about what they knew about themselves and then God came in and then delivered them and now this whole process of getting to know who they are getting to know who God is and where he and what his place is in their lives this is like a major milestone for that because here they get to see oh I'm from this family I'm from this tribe and this is the tribal leaders and then they're like tribal leaders being um being chosen and then you have the judges as well being chosen and then you also have like the clan leaders so pretty much they're like getting to organize themselves there's also numbering i mean you have the census being taken so like there is a rough estimate of about 2 million Israelites in total because the numbers in the bible doesn't give like total of the entire people it just gives like the number of men of men who are strong enough to go to war so it doesn't even take account of the old people or the women or the children so you know you get the vibes or you get the drill so there were roughly an estimate of 2 million people and for those people to be able to successfully change their mindset from being slaves to being free people then from being free people to being people that can actually win wars and take over cities it was a whole lot of work it was a whole lot of procedure there there is no way they would have been able to accomplish all of that without understanding their new identity 
and i say this with so much emphasis on identity because right now so many problems that we're facing so many challenges we're facing be it um sexual orientation or race or nationality or tribes so many problems we're facing currently is just based on misunderstanding of identity like when you it's 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 quite funny and surprising how we don't realize how important knowing one's identity is but then when you actually like backtrack the source of the major problems we're having now it just it all comes down to that when you don't know who you are you are most definitely going to be lost at some point and i just want to let you guys know as long as you're listening to this as long as you want to build that relationship with god as long as you're a follower of god and of christ and you're a christian your identity really doesn't matter so much as a nigerian or based on your nationality or based on your um tribe or your clan or your race your real and your true identity is hidden in christ your real and your true identity is being a child of god your real and your true identity is being a servant of god is being an adopted child of god and that is like the center of who we are and then when we see how they were organized we have like the tabernacle the tent of meeting right in the center of everything and then you have the tribe of levi who are like the priests of the priestly tribe we all know how they became the priestly tribe we've looked at that before as well those ones were um encamped around the tabernacle because they were the only ones allowed around that vicinity or that close to god and then you have like the different tribes being um organized the north south east and west but then right at the center is a tabernacle and for me i think that that was not a coincidence um it was pretty much to always remind every single Israelite who they were. If and by some reason they forgot where their source of strength was, or they forgot who they were, or they they just got so distracted or just so dismayed that they thought there would be no way to overcome this tribe of people. Or probably they were given an assignment and they just saw this huge nation and they were told, okay, now go and fight these people and take over their land. It was by any chance they became fearful or scared that there was no way they could do this. If there, if there are some instances that they forgot that their strength did not depend on them, but it depended on God, then all they had to do was look at the center because as we were also told that god did not just it was it, 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 it isn't as it is now like it wasn't just invisible were it wasn't just about being an invisible god god wasn't invisible in their time i don't know i hope you get what i mean completely but in their time i mean this was this was like the first if god was invincible like totally i don't think it would have been easy for them to kind of adjust to that because like i said this was like their first encounter with god cause so it wouldn't have been really easy for them to adapt to that and so god came to them god appeared to them 
on top of the tabernacle during the daytime as a pillar of cloud and then during the nighttime as a pillar of fire. So every single time they looked at the center of their encampment, every single time they looked at the tabernacle, regardless of how far it was from their house or from their clan or from their tribes, they would always see that pillar of cloud during the day and then they will always see that pillar of fire in the night. And that just reminded them that they were not alone and that God was with them. And this was the same God that took them out from Egypt. This was the same God that was leading them to a promised land. This was the same God that was providing them food every single day. And then that would instill hope in them. So I'm pretty sure, I'm taking a wild guess, but I'm pretty sure that was one of the reasons why the tabernacle was placed at the center. And this can also relate to us. So many times we feel very anxious and we feel very scared about our obstacles or the challenges we're about to face. I don't know if this happens to just me, but sometimes when I make plans, I get threatened by those plans because they feel so huge. Like, I make plans and I'm like, please, Michelle, who do you even think you are? Like, take a look at these plans. Like, (laughs) do they seem possible in your mind? Does it seem possible? But then all I have to do is to look at the center of my life and see God and know that God that has brought me this far, that has done so many, so many impossible miracles in my life would also lead me and help me to overcome this challenge. And that has always given me the encouragement that I need to move on. And I hope it does the same for you as well moving on to the this this i'm not even joking like the name of this book always (laughs) it gives me such a hard time pronouncing it deuteronomy 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 okay now moving on to the book of deuteronomy (laughs) i'm sorry moving on to deuteronomy i think i'm just going to have to shorten it because i don't want to bite my tongue (laughs) We're going to be talking about this book for a while and I don't want to bite my tongue in the process. So I'll just be I'll shorten it to Dilt. So please if you mis- if you hear me mention Dilt, just know I'm talking about Deuteronomy. So anyways, from the second book of Dilt and uh this also talk this is pretty much Moses. Like I said yesterday, Moses kind of summarizing gives us a brief summary of what the Israelites have been through for the past 38 years now he's talking to the new generation and I think I forgot to say this yesterday but there was one thing one thing I think it, it also got like reiterated today as well and it's the fact that if God does not watch a city the watchman watches in vain if God does not approve of a plan you are setting that plan you are making those plans in vain yesterday was just a very funny story <laughs> i read it today again and i was just laughing so apparently god sent out moses sends out spies i mean god shows the israelites okay this is a city this is the where you are to capture right so they sent out spies we'll see this later on but like i said this um, book dude is pretty much moses summarizing what had happened in the past and then in numbers we are like looking at the real time Okay, this is what's happening now. So we're pretty much looking at the present time and then also the future that is giving us like a recap of what has happened already. So it might be quite confusing, but hopefully 
you are following along so anyways um so where was i okay so moses sends out the spies okay go and look at this land see how it is just give us like a preview of what the promised land looks like and then among those spies were was caleb 12 men were sent from the 12 tribes and then only caleb comes back and was like you know what it's a good land like the the the, i mean they bring back fruits they bring back produce from the land to show the people like these produce are humongous they are huge the land is so prosperous there is so much food so much enjoyment there is beauty everywhere but then the spies see the giants in the land i mean there were giants there were people um, already occupying that land and they were quite huge and strong and then those people the spies everyone is except caleb was like there is no way you are taking over that city like come on there is no way the people are huge we were like ants close to them there is no way we can even think of capturing the city their city walls are reaching the sky so it's pretty much impossible all of them except caleb caleb was the only one that actually trusted that it was possible to take over that city so the spirits of the israelites were really dumped and then they started murmuring again that god brought them out of egypt to die in the desert like look at the people that you want us to fight against it's practically impossible we're all just going to die it's better to even die here in our houses than to go to war and go and die there and then god heard them and then god was upset and then that was how god cursed them that the people murmuring now would never get to enter the promised land and then also moses would never get to enter the promised land and then so now when they heard that they were now sad okay they knew they had upset god and then were like okay you know what no god we don't mean that now we're ready to go we're going to fight we're going to go into war and then god tells moses tell these people that forget it let them turn around and enter back into the desert they've seen they've been they were this close to the promised land but now they didn't have faith so let them go back in the desert and continue I feel it's just like how you write a test and then you fill the test and you're told to repeat the test again. Pretty much that was what happened. Like they fill the test. God pretty much saw that they were not up to the level that he wanted them to be um, with regards to them trusting him enough and having faith. Like he had shown these people so much, giving them so much evidence of why they should just trust him, but they still didn't. So he just, you know, this this is probably these were probably not the people that would enter this land so let them just go back into the desert anyways they are now begging they now came back no we're ready to go god don't be upset we're ready to go and then god tells them don't go i'm not with you do not go apparently these people still went (laughs) and as i mean unfortunately god was not with them and they went to war and they died in battle that was how stubborn these people were i hope that i am not as stubborn as that i hope you are not as stubborn as that i hope we never get to be as stubborn as that when god gives you the goal you go when he does not give you the goal please don't go so many times we want to go regardless we don't even ask we don't even care whether God wants us to go or not, as far as it's part of our plans and it's what we want to do, we'll still end up going. But, 
Proverbs says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is destruction. If God is not with you, it's not going to work. It's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be for your benefit. And that's that. Because God is the only one that loves you unconditionally and has your best interest at heart. And if he sees that something is not good for you, best believe he's not going to give it to you. And just sometimes God might refuse some prayer requests. Sometimes he might see that you're not ready for that prayer request. And he'll probably tell you to hold on and just wait until you're ready enough. And if you become impatient and you choose not to wait and you still choose to go, then you have to face the consequences. So in Deuteronomy 2 as well, there were some nations that God told the Israelites not to wage war against. We have the nations that came from Esau, the Edomites, the nations that came from Lot, the Moabites. And he told them not to wage war against these nations. I mean, number one, because they were pretty much family. We have like Esau being the twin brother of Jacob, also known as Israel. And we have Lot being the nephew of Abraham. That is one reason they were family. And the second reason was that he had actually given them this land. Some people were actually occupying this land before, and then he gave this land to those nations. And he told them to keep on moving because this was not their bus stop. They were going to move to the land that he was going to give them. And it just also reminds me that what is for you will surely be for you. Like, there is no need fighting for what is not yours god has a special plan for every single person and you just have to move with him on that so that you don't end up taking what is for another person and you now lose that battle because that is not for you so it's just to be walking with god and to trust that what is for you is for you and that is where he's leading you to that is where he's taking you to so I think that was what I got today. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening this far. I will see you guys tomorrow, hopefully. Um, same time, same place. Have an amazing day.